with me again to Psalm 24. Thank you, praise team. Psalm 24, and then we're also going back to Hebrews chapter 2. But Psalm 24, verse 3, says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord and the righteous from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 3 and 4. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. God, again, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that the power of the Holy Spirit is still alive and well in the earth today. We thank You that You have given us the power to see many miracles, signs, and wonders take place. All authority comes from You and You've given it to us. And we thank you tonight, we praise you tonight, ask you to touch your word, bless our ears, touch our hearts, let your word not return to you in void. We thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, just a little refresher from this morning, we're still talking about God's glory. Did I ruin any of your all's theology this morning? Because I I want you to understand that God's kingdom is not heaven. That is part of God's kingdom. But God's kingdom is here. The kingdom of God is now. It is nigh. It is here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Leave that right there. I want that just to stay for a while. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to ask the very same questions I asked this morning. Is there lack in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there disease in heaven? Is there bondage in heaven? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I made this statement several weeks ago, and I think I made somebody mad, but I'm going to make you mad again if you're here again. Don't ever come in my hospital room and pray for me and say, Lord, if it's your will to be healed. I don't want you praying for me if you say those words. He went to the cross. He bore stripes. It is God's will that we are healed. 
You don't even have to pray that. So understand that. And I want to blow up some more of our old-time theology. God did not save you to go to heaven. Some of y'all looking at me right now. If God saved you to go to heaven, the moment you said, God, I accept you, he should have killed you. God saved you to make his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He called us, saved us to carry the kingdom everywhere we go. That is what he saved us. He did not save us so we could go to heaven. That's the benefit of later. Some of y'all looking at me like, what is this guy talking about? Now, some churches believe that because they put graveyards beside of their church. <laughs> I'm teasing. But God did not save us to go to heaven. He saved us to change the world. So, when Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, again, was he teaching his disciples an unobtainable prayer? No. So the kingdom of heaven, you can take that off now. Thank you, Caitlin. The kingdom of heaven is advancing in the earth at an incredible rate. People say, well, I don't see it. I'm telling you, you go into some of these little third world countries and in China, the, 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 the kingdom of God is advancing. We are beginning to witness the coming forth of seeds that were sown, uh, both good and evil, in the past. And, you know, I, 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 I'm beginning to see the intercessory prayers that were made by saints in the last 50 years. They're beginning to release shockwaves in the world. And the glory of God in the earth is going to be witnessed like never before in history. You know why I believe that? Because the Bible says the latter will be greater. The Bible says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit. So I believe we, we have yet to see the great revival. Oh boy. I believe with all my heart that some of you seasoned saints, I'm not going to call you old saints, seasoned. Seasoned saints. Some of you are about to step into your Caleb season and you're going to see some fruit of the seed that you sown 30 and 40 years ago in your prayer closet. I believe that with all my heart. And as this happens, I believe that we're going to see a massive kingdom shift in the world that's going to result in a last day harvest. I'm telling you, I still believe that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and our sons and our daughters will prophesy I believe that our young men are going to see dreams and our old men see visions. I believe that that is going to take place. I believe the church and this church, we're going to see supernatural signs, wonders, miracles, healings, deliverances take place right before our eyes. I don't believe that God is a respecter of persons, and I believe that if we're willing and we're hungry and we want this to happen, God will allow it. I believe the church 
And this church is stepping into what Paul said in Ephesians 4, 13, that the body of Christ is coming into a unity in the spirit that will grow into maturity, into the full knowledge of Jesus. And in order for this to happen, you and I have to know the power of the gospel that we preach and what our mandate is. You see, I believe that's what the church has been missing for many, many years. We have forgotten the power of the gospel. We have forgotten what our mandate is. Our mandate is not to set on our blessed assurance in church every Sunday morning. That's not the mandate that God called us to do and go home every Sunday and say, man, we had church. Heaven came down in our sanctuary and lived like hell the rest of the week. Oh, boy. There have been many attributes. There have been many truths about the kingdom that have been preached throughout the ages with a great deal of success and manifesting certain realities in, in, in power. We saw this in times past. We watched the Azusa Street Revival. We watched, uh, I mean, so many, the Great Awakening. We saw so many things and all these truths and essentials for establishing the kingdom on the earth. Even today, these truths are still being preached. We're still, churches are still preaching salvation. Some are still preaching deliverance. Not many are preaching healing and not many are preaching miracles because those were done with the apostles. I don't need to hit that again, do I? If anybody, you ever go into a church and they tell you that miracle signs and wonders stopped with the apostles, grab your pocketbook, grab your Bible, and head for the door. It's a lie. Oh, boy. Jesus, Understand this, because we have, we have a hard time understanding what our mandate is. And, and I know, again, that I'm messing with your theology, but you go back into the Gospels. Cordell, Jesus didn't come preaching salvation. Jesus didn't come preaching miracles. He didn't come preaching deliverance. He didn't come preaching healing. Do what, Pastor. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom and salvation and miracles and deliverance and healings took place because of what he preached. These things were manifested, the healings, the signs, the wonders, the deliverance. Mark chapter 1 verse 14 through 15 says, Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Matthew 3, 2 said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The majority of the parables that Jesus talked about in the four gospels were of the kingdom of God. Now think about that. Jesus mentions or talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God 129 times in the four Gospels, making it the most talked about thing in the Gospels. Even after Jesus was resurrected, 
And he appears to his disciples. Immediately, he begins to talk with them about the subject of the kingdom of God. In Acts 1 verse 3, to these, he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Jesus was saying to his disciples, now everything is set back into order. I've come and I've accomplished what I was supposed to. Now let's get back about the family business. Let's get back to doing, pushing back the darkness and establishing the dominion of the kingdom of God here on earth because that is the reason that I came. Luke chapter 4, verse 43. He said to them, I preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. The kingdom is not where we're going. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. And Jesus said, for I was sent for this purpose. What a powerful statement. Jesus said his earthly mission was to preach the good news of the kingdom. And this was one of the main purposes that he was sent to the earth by his Father. Jesus brought forth salvation. He brought forth healing. He brought forth deliverance. He performed miracles, signs, and wonders. And he did it all while preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. You see, when the kingdom is preached, and when the kingdom is preached correctly, there should always be a demonstration of power. Because when the kingdom's present, power's present. You see, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. You see, the church has gotten good with words. And we've denied the power. Signs, wonders, miracles, and healings always follow the preaching of the genuine gospel of the kingdom. Always. According to Mark, we're commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now that being said, it's critical that we know and understand what gospel we're to preach. We've already established that Jesus, from start to finish of his earthly ministry, he preached, he prayed, and he performed the gospel of the kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But what about the others in the New Testament? What, did, what gospel did they preach? There's a story and I think it's in Luke chapter 9, and it's in the first couple verses. And Jesus gathers his 12 disciples, and he gives them power, he gives them authority, 
And he says, with this power, with this authority, I commission you to go out, to go forth, cast out devils, cure diseases, and heal the sick. That's what he told them. He didn't say go fast for 40 days to perform these things. He said, go, I give you that authority. I give you that power. And while you're at it, use my name. He said, I'm giving you a blank check. Go out, cast out devils, cure diseases, heal the sick. And then he sent the apostles out. And Cordell, he commissioned them to preach the kingdom of God. And after this, Jesus sends out 70 others to heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come to you. The Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 19, he comes into the synagogue and the Bible said that he continued to, to speak boldly. And I think it said he was there for about three months. And I love the wording that the Bible uses. It says he was reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Philip, in Acts chapter 8, Verse 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. You see, we have been commissioned. We've not been asked. We've been ordered to preach the kingdom of God until the end. That's what we've been commissioned to do. Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. Clearly, the gospel we preach, the gospel that we demonstrate, the gospel that we live is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I'm about to speak to some people right now. From time to time, you will hear people make the statement, if I only knew the will of God for my life, I'm going to make it very easy for you right now. Here is the will of God for your life because Jesus made it very clear how we know his perfect will. And we can conclude that God's will is that his kingdom is being birthed on the earth. Everywhere you go, God's will for your life is that you carry the kingdom of God with you. There's no playing patty cake in heaven. There's no half in, half out in heaven. There is no, oh, I'm about to step on everybody's toes now. I'll purposely sin today and ask for God's grace and forgiveness tomorrow in heaven. That's the world we live in. That's the church we live in. Well, I know it's a sin, but I'll ask God to forgive me tomorrow. And I'm going to ruin every, the world's mentality. There is no God understands my weakness. 
There is no God understands my sin and stop judging me in heaven. There is no your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven when I am purposely playing hell on earth. You can't straddle the fence because Satan owns the fence. And if you, mm -mm, if you and I want your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, there's only one answer, and that is if my people who are called by my name will. What does the kingdom look like? What is the kingdom? We can break it down into two words. King's domain. The kingdom of God is the area in which his dominion is established. It's the rule and reign of King Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. God's intent is that his will be done on earth just like it's been done in heaven. That. Again, I want to teach just for a moment because we need to get this. God's will is that the physical domain of earth will resemble the spiritual domain of heaven. That's what that scripture means. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Another definition for the word domain. A territory over which dominion is exercised. Complete an absolute ownership of a land. It's king's territory. We said it this morning. God gave us a mandate to rule and subdue and maintain and transform the planet Earth. That's the mandate from God. His original plan was to extend his heavenly domain on the earth through a family of sons and daughters, not servants. Servants have no authority, Cordell, none. They have no authority and they are not part of Father's house. They serve as their subjects. That's what they are. They serve as subjects in the master's quarter. The Bible says that we can be called sons of God. Sons and daughters have ownership. We have legal right in the house to come and go as we choose and to share all the family provision and all the decisions. We're sons and daughters. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather call him Abba than Master. <laughs> I'd rather call him Daddy. And be a son and a daughter. The first commandment God gave was to subdue the earth and have dominion. Adam and Eve's job was to extend the boundaries of the Garden of Eden to the ends of the earth. And it was hindered. Hindered, hindered, hindered when Adam fell from the glory of God and surrendered it to Satan. Man, that would have been a sad story if it ended there. But, Jesus comes on the scene 
in the flesh and through his death, through his resurrection, he takes back the keys of the kingdom, the authority and the rightful dominion over earth and he gives it back to humankind and says, here's another shot, guys. (laughs) Woo! Did you just get what I said? I said he took back the keys to the kingdom and the authority and the rightful dominion and said, I'm giving it back to you for another chance. Born again, children of God around the world have privilege and capacity to co-labor with Christ Jesus. To establish and to advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth. I mean, co-laboring with Christ is humans working with God. I said that is humans working with God. Not boards and pastors and people telling God what to do. It's His kingdom, His territory, and we're sons and daughters. The Spirit of God lives in us. We're His hands. We're His feet. We're the body of Christ here on earth, able to do the works that Jesus did, and in the words of Christ, even greater works. We need to understand Christianity was never intended to be about religion. Never. From day one, when he created Adam, it was supposed to be about relationship. There is, there's a legal aspect when you really think about true Christianity. Because I've come to the conclusion when I study and when I look and I listen to what some preachers preach and and talk about, America don't have a clue about kingdom concepts. They have no clue how the kingdom operates. Our country is not a monarchy. Our country is not ran by royal authority. And if you have studied governments in a monarchy, the king and queen have supreme authority over all the land, territory, and all the people that's in the kingdom. When you look at the king and queen, you look at them with respect And with honor. Everyone in the kingdom looks upon them with respect and honor. They hold them in rule. They hold them in authority. They speak the word and guess what? It gets done. If it pleases the king. Yes, if it pleases the king. Yes, sir, I will do that if it pleases the king. (laughs) Sons and daughters in royal bloodline, carry the same authority because they're part of the royal family. Are you all catching this? Paul said in Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven.
Our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. The kingdom not of this world. And because we are citizens of heaven, we have legal right to access every blessing and privilege that this word says we have. All that heaven has is mine. That's why it says that we are heirs and joint heirs. Woo-hoo-hoo. Church, catch this because it's important. I want to mess up your theology because we've been taught wrong all of our life. We've been told, man, we got to live in poverty and be paupers and all this. Man, I'm, I'm the son of a king. <laughs> you can live like that all you want to. I'm going to live in the fullness and the richness of heaven. Listen to me. We, we know there's no sickness in heaven. We know there's no disease in heaven. We know there's no poverty. There's no depression. There's no sin. There's no broken families. Do you know? Catch this. We have authorized permission to not only access healing, wholeness, and deliverance, and restoration, but to take those things and manifest those things here on this earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are a legal people who have the legal right of full government and power to rule and regulate planet earth. We're the offspring of God. You remember that old song? I don't even know the name of it. We got royal blood flowing through our veins. God's spiritual DNA is flowing through us. Jesus is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he's given us authority on this earth. Blank check. Heaven is God's territory. And earth is humanity's territory. And God designed earth so Adam could rule it. The psalmist said in 115, verse 15, May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Who has all power and all authority? He's given us the earth, it's ours. Jesus' first address to the world. He said the very same words that his forerunner, John the Baptist, said. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was a call for us to turn from our old way of thinking and embrace kingdom thinking because the kingdom of God is now. The act of repentance and changing our way of thinking from, from, from natural to spiritual is not just to clean up our act, but it's to, uh, for us to understand what, our, what we have access to. 
I say it all the time, and, and I don't know who I stole it from, but we live beneath our privileges. And a lot of times it's because we don't know we have privileges. He said to turn from that stuff, to abandon your former thought patterns and processes and uh, 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 come to the full knowledge of truth of who Christ is and who you are in Him. True repentance is me receiving the mind of Christ and me aligning myself, spirit, soul, and body with the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is never past tense. It's always, always, always present tense. It's now. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God has arrived. Jesus even declared, he said, the kingdom of God has arrived on this planet, earth. It's time now to change your way of thinking from the old way to the new way, which is the kingdom way. Nicodemus couldn't understand it. In John chapter 3, Jesus starts having this conversation with the ruler of the Jews. And he said, if you want to see the kingdom of God, he said, in operation, you've got to be born again from above. Nicodemus is like Nick. Do I go back in my mother's womb? He said, in order for you to see the kingdom of God in operation, you have to be born from above. He was telling Nicodemus that he could never see the kingdom. He could never experience unless he was born again from another dimension, a higher dimension. That's what he was telling him. I mean, he must be lifted from the natural ways of thinking and understanding to a higher way. You see, the kingdom mindset is far superior to a natural mindset. Scripture, all throughout the Bible, shows us that those born of the flesh are born from the natural realm. And we're bound to natural laws. But those born of the Spirit can release kingdom principles. When kingdom thoughts are thought and kingdom language is spoken, that's why people don't understand weird Christians when we say things that we say. It's, it's, it's like I'm speaking kingdom talk. They're listening to it with a natural ear, and it's like them listening to somebody speak Chinese. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. We are conformed to the image of what we look at. Is that not why the writer of Hebrews says this is why we are encouraged to fix our eyes on Jesus? Matthew 5 verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Paul said in Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not the things that are on the earth. We are given a command to keep seeking heavenly things. Fix your minds and your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, where we are presently seated with Christ. 
Here's the difference in seeing with Christ's eyes and our eyes. See, when I begin to think of things kingdom-minded, instead of what my natural eyes see, we tap into the realm of things that all things are possible. You see, my carnal mind looks at an individual and says, man, there's no hope for that guy. There's no hope for them. But if I look at it from godly my godly principles and godly perspectives, and I look at it from a kingdom aspect, they can be saved. When I look at it from a kingdom perspective, they can be healed. The doctor said this, and my natural eye says, well, I agree with the doctor, but when I get kingdom thoughts, it's, uh-uh. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no hope for that marriage. Not in the natural, but with kingdom mindset, there is. My son, my daughters went too far. That prodigal can never come home. You see, when we're walking around in gloom, doom, and despair and agony, we'll have what we have in most churches in America today, cold mortuaries. Dead churches with dead people. It's the churches that say this is how we used to do it. And this can't be of God. Instead of complaining about moves of God, why don't we dare to do what Jesus said, and that is to test the spirits and see if they're of God. Oh boy, I could preach a whole other sermon right there. I said it this morning, and it's so true. It, it mind boggles me that we have preachers sitting behind sacred pulpits week in, week out, telling their people that God don't heal no more, that that ended with the apostles. The gifts, they're not in operation anymore. That ended with the apostles. Run. We can't ask God to show us supernatural things and then he does it and attribute it to the devil. I mean, think about it. We attribute these things to the devil. Do you think for one minute the devil wants you saved? Do you think for a minute that when we lay hands on people and they're healed, that Satan wants them healed? I get tired of hearing people say, I don't feel a part of this church. It's because you don't take part. Oh, boy. There's constantly things going on around here. Not sure what that even was, but it was free. I guess I said it just to say this. This is a family thing. We are family. And just like families, we got some people jacked up on Mountain Dew. and <laughs> We got messed up people in, in our family. We can, we can sum his plan up. It's simple. God's plan is to extend the rule of his unseen kingdom or spirit to a physical world that has never seen it. That's why miracles, signs, and wonders follow. 
here's what God will do, and I don't know if I shared this or not. I know I've shared it with people, but here's how God will show himself to people. For people that, that say tongues, that ceased, that, that ended with the apostles. Let me tell you something that happened at New Martinsville several years ago. We had a young man come to our church, and he was in Iraq in uh, the war in Afghanistan, and he actually, he worked with um, the Iraqi informants. So he spoke Arabic. So when they would bring them in, they would talk to him, and he would translate and tell what was going on and all that stuff. Well, he come to our church for the first time on a Sunday morning. A guy in our church was buddies with him. They worked together, and he invited him to church, and he came. And a lady gave out a message in tongues, and I interpreted it. And after the service, this guy goes to the man in our church, and he said, how does your pastor know Arabic? He don't. Well, he just told the congregation just about everything that she spoke. He said he gave a summary of what she said. I didn't even know it was Arabic. I just know what God put in my spirit to say. But that's how God will show himself real to people. He came up to me and he said, man, I thought you knew Arabic. I said, I don't know Arabic. I said, she can say that to me in the natural, and I have no idea what she's saying. But God showed himself real. He showed himself to that man that day, and he knows now the gifts are real. That's what God wants to do. He wants us to be heirs with God and join heirs with Jesus, be sons and daughters, be representation on this earth, carry out his orders, implement his will, and he's given us governmental authority on this earth. From the foundation of the world, it has always been about family. God the Father and His children will continue to be that way until the end of days. And it's time for the church, the sons and daughters, to be like Jesus and look at some people, look at some things and say, I've got to put you on the side now because it's time for me to be about my father's business. Jesus told Mary, who was the first to see him, he said, go to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my father and your Father, and to my God, and your God. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus. His daddy is my daddy. Think about that. Jesus was the firstborn among many brothers. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The only begotten son of the father is a prototype for the brothers and sisters who find their way to the father. We're heirs of the kingdom. And here's what's amazing to me. 
Jesus wasn't ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. The perfect one. And he said, that dude that's coming in a few years from now, Mick, he's going to be a heathen, but he's going to be my brother. Think about it. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. He gave us the right, the ability, the privilege to become children of God. Selena, if you'll come to the piano. Church, if there was ever a time, it's now. We're at a place in time where we need to start seeing the children of God come into maturity. We need to stop fighting over, like I said this morning, over stupid. I mean, we got people, we have church splits because somebody gave a dollar and the other one gave a $2 bill. The stupidest stuff. We just, we moved down here from New Martinsville and we just caught news this week that about 30 people left the church and went 15 miles down the road and started another one. That ain't the way God intended this thing to be. Now don't get me wrong, there's times that God says, hey, why don't you plant a church and send 30 people out? But God never intended church people, brothers and sisters, to get so aggravated with one another that we can't even talk to each other. His will will never be done on the earth as long as we're fighting over paint. And I'm still calling you out. If you don't like the paint, Jim did it. If you don't like the floors, Joe did it. Michael did it. He helped him. There's a bunch of them. Did it. If you want to complain, I'll tell you all of them's names. We got to stop arguing over stupid. It's time that the children of God, the children of the kingdom, come into maturity. I think we're at a time that, Cordell, how many years, how long did you tell me you've been saved? 60 years. You know, there's some prayers that he prayed 60 years ago that he still hasn't seen come to pass. And I believe that we need to be in a watering season. I want to see the fruit of those prayers. <laughs> Danny, how long have you been saved? 28 years, 30 years. Danny prayed prayers 28, 27 years ago that still haven't come to pass. I want to water them. I want to see some fruit. <laughs> Do you know Jesus only has one unanswered prayer? And he prayed it. He said, Father, that they will be like you and me, and that they'll be one. We've never really got that right. For about 
couple days in the upper room. <laughs> and then it went south from there. I'm telling you, there's some seeds coming of age. And we're going to visibly begin to see them bring fruit. Seed sown 30 years ago. We're going to see fruit. Seed sown 60 years ago. We're going to see fruit. Homer, how long have you been in this thing? 40, I'm 42, 47 years. Prayers, 45 years ago. Prayed. Still haven't been answered, but we're going to see fruit because we're going to water. I love the fact that through his offspring, God manifests and establishes his kingdom, his will on this earth. He rules the seen world, the unseen world. He rules it. I think about the journey of Jesus, how fruitful it was. He traveled about in cities and villages, teaching in synagogues and proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Church, everywhere he went, he cured every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, everything he ever encountered. It's so many that the Bible says there's so many that there's not enough books that can contain what he did. That's in three years. Three years and there's not enough pages to contain what he did. We just get the highlights. Everywhere he preached the gospel, miracles. I'm talking about wild miracles. It's not every day you get to go spit in somebody's eyes. And I wouldn't recommend it unless God tells you to. I need somebody. Anybody need healing? Just come on up. <laughs> When's the last time you spoke anybody's name and they come out of the grave? I read this thing. And God expects his offspring his seed to do the same works acting the same way Jesus did when he walked on this earth because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into the hearts crying Abba Father therefore you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir through God Adam rebelled. And it cut us off from the glory of God. He ga I mean, he gave it. I said it this morning. Satan didn't take it. Adam gave it to him. And Adam was kicked out of the garden. He was left to find his way. 
And he filtered through a world. God said, here, I'm going to give you five senses. Figure this thing out. We know how that works, right? But then Jesus, a sacrificial blood offering by our older brother, All things, all things have been put in subjection under the feet of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Why don't we put everything under our feet? I'll just come to the altar. I don't want nobody kneeling. I want everybody just to hang out right there just for a moment. I said that we're at a place in time that where God's children need to be coming into full maturity. And the Mick version of the Bible says that God thinks it's awesome when sons and daughters dwell together in unity. What I want us to do is I want us to grab the hand of the person beside of us. If you're afraid of the coronavirus, just use hand sanitizer when you're done. How many remembers when you were a kid? I don't know if the ladies were like the men, but we used to play that game. I dare you. I double dare you. And if it ever got to triple dog dare, it's on. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with one another and for one another. And then I triple dog dare you. If you got aught with your brother or your sister, I dare you, triple dog dare you to go to them and make it right before this night's over. Because it's time that the church comes to full maturity. And we can never come to full maturity when we're not in full unity. Because I'm telling you, if God can take 120 that were in full unity, had all things in common, all the, in one accord, one mind, and the post started shaking, there was 142 here this morning 
If we can get 142 people in one mind, in one accord, if Peter got 3,000, I'm going for five in one day. And then we'll really get to baptize for a couple hours. I want you to pray for one another. And then I triple dog dare you. If you got aught with somebody, go make it right. Go make it right. God, right now. God, I speak unity over this house. God, it is time that the church come to full maturity. God, I believe with all my heart there are seeds that were sown 60 years ago, 45 years ago, 28 years ago. God, the seeds that were sown, that you're ready to bring to harvest. God, that you're ready to see them watered and bring fruit. God, we the church, we repent tonight. Because God, we, we argue and we fuss over stupid. And God, you intended for your family, your brothers, your, your sons, your daughters. You intended for us to live together in, in unity. And I know that even as families, there's going to be arguments, there's going to be times of frustration, but God, it doesn't cause us to, to gossip, and it doesn't cause us to demean one another, but God, we just, we work through it in love. We do all things with a loving heart. We speak to one another with love. God, give us true character. Give us true integrity. Bring us into full maturity. Start with me. God, it's easy to sit behind a pulpit and spark out orders and say, this is what we need to do. God, start with me. God, I repent of stupid. There's times that my mouth opens and it doesn't go through the thing called a brain. God, help me. Guard my mouth. God, put a filter. Allow the Holy Spirit to quicken us before we open this thing that can cause such a fire. How awesome it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil that ran down the beard, down the, the face of Aaron. God, let this church come into unity. Give us an Acts 2 moment. God, I want to see the power of God fall in Boone County. Let it start right here. Let this be the, the 2020 upper room. God, let this be a place where your gifts are manifested in order and not chaos. God, let this be a place 
of order, but a place of power. God, you've given this pastor some men of integrity, some men of wisdom, some men of knowledge. God, don't let me get so puffed up and big that I'm not able to listen to them. God, from the youngest to the oldest, there's something we can glean from one another. Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.